Hey, and welcome to the third episode of Let's Get Literature. I am your host, Samantha Mickey, and I am so happy if you're listening right now, either as a third time return listener or as a first time listener. This is the third episode. So if this is your first, please go back and listen to the other other episodes. I promise they're good. I promise. So if you hear me fidgeting a lot today, it's because I have my hair down and I don't know about any of you, but it is like day 6,746 of this quarantine and I am deathly afraid I'm going to have bald spots from how much I'm wearing my hair up in a ponytail. Anyone else? No, just me. I love ponytails. I operate almost exclusively in a high bun, but there are key moments where the hair is down and not so much in this quarantine. It has become part of my new work uniform. So, a little bit fidgety because I keep having to move my hair out of the way because it's down today. <sighs> quarantine life is super complicated. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's completely not a real problem to have. But I, again, thank you for listening to me ramble on about books. I am super happy and I hope that wherever you are, you are enjoying yourself. You're taking this time to really focus on yourself and I hope you're really doing well and um, I hope the weather's nice where you're at. Uh, I live in South Carolina like I've said before and it is beautiful today. It's like 87 and sunny but I haven't told you that I moved from Ohio in July and up there they're snowing. It's snowing. It is almost like a very late Easter and it's snowing up there. So I'm so sorry if your weather is like inclement and not ideal, but I do hope that this weird lonely time is going well for you and you're finding peace and... Hopefully books are a huge comfort, and hey, maybe my voice is too. Probably not, but it's wishful thinking. So, without any more gabbing on, let's get literature. (laughs) All right, so... First step this week is currently reading, but we're going to make a quick, just saving you the gory details. I don't even know where my copy of Dragonfly and Amber is, the second book in the Outlander series, made zero progress because the books I read this week just swept me up. I did not care about any other books, and so... That's my (laughs) progress update. Nothing. No progress. Not at all. So um, next week for me is spring break because this Sunday is Easter. Tomorrow is Good Friday. I'm recording this on a Thursday. And so we have like 10 days of absolutely nothing school related, which will be really, really nice in terms of my reading life. Mind you, distance learning, e-learning, however you call it, 
has been a very different thing to adjust to. But I think that having nothing to do with my life other than read and play Animal Crossing. If y'all are not on that New Horizons train yet, please hop on. We're stopping at the next season. Just hop on. It's so good. But I think that will be really good for my reading life. And as a plus side, maybe I'll have more than three books to share next week. Maybe. It's a possibility. So the first book I need to talk about, and please, if you are listening and you've read this book, DM me on Instagram at Swift Bookworm. Just talk to me about this book because I have so many thoughts. It is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Now, if you have not read that book, please go somewhere and purchase it. Don't leave your house because social distancing is a real thing, but order it off of like your local Indies website, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, just something. Get the book somewhere. It is so good. So first confession of myself as a reader, I've already told you I love historical fiction. And I think like many people who like historical fiction, I love a good World War II story. I love the 1940s. But something I love that is not covered, I don't feel like enough, is like the 1950s and like old Hollywood. I am obsessed with like the 50s in general and especially old Hollywood glamour type things. And I don't know how I honestly haven't read this book before. I've owned it for quite some time, which if you are a reader like me, I buy books faster than I could ever consume them, even if reading was my full-time job. So I, oh my goodness, Evelyn Hugo is for me, and I don't know if I'm going to be crucified for saying this, but Evelyn Hugo is like a Marilyn Monroe type character to me, but she's uh, somewhat more complex. And this story takes on a lot of issues, uh, like social justice issues. It takes on race. It takes on um, LGBTQ plus topics and, and rights and the struggle that those individuals the LGBTQ community had before this time we live in where there's much more acceptance and they have the right to marry and we can't discriminate and things like that it was just so wonderfully done and Taylor Jenkins read and her writing by the end of the book I had so many feelings and I had no idea how I felt about Evelyn Hugo. And I think, uh, I don't know. I told y'all last week that I absolutely loved complex characters. But Evelyn Hugo takes complex characters to a new level because she is such an in-depth character. She is just... It's a wonderful book. If you like historical fiction, if you are a journalist, it, it, it has that journalist kind of background. 
if you like old Hollywood, it is just phenomenal. And I would recommend it to absolutely anyone, especially during this time where I think a lot more people have time on their hands. And for me, what I am loving right now is just being swept up in a book. My husband was cleaning the garage yesterday. He worked so hard. And I read this book for five hours, y'all. Like, I got done with work and I read. And then I made dinner at like eight o'clock at night because I couldn't stop reading. Ooh, five stars for me. I thought it was excellent. The writing, the character development, the plot development was phenomenal. Everything about this novel was great. Pick it up. Again, that is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So the next book that I read this week was actually before Evelyn Hugo. Uh, Evelyn Hugo, I just, like I said, finished yesterday. But it was Where'd You Go, Bernadette. And for me, I love when a novel is multi-format. So, you know, if there are like letters or memos or emails, um, anything really that kind of adds something to just the storytelling, don't get me wrong. I love the traditional just like regular novel. But for me, that adds a lot. And so I had heard somewhere that this was like a multi-format novel. And I had, I have, of course, had it on my shelf. It's something I've wanted to read. And so I picked it up and it is so good. I'm sorry, I didn't say the, (laughs) the author. It's by Maria Semple. Where'd you go, Bernadette? By Maria Semple. Geesh, I got too excited. It follows Bernadette and again I feel like for me it was very similar to Evelyn Hugo in the fact that the characters were very in-depth, they're very complex and this one really was more of like a twisty turny novel. Not that Evelyn Hugo did not have twists, it definitely certainly did. It had a big big twist but This one, you really just, it kept me on the edge of my seat. And I absolutely adored it. And I think it just really did a great job of talking about the way trauma can affect someone. And even more than that, the way that people perceive people, other people who they label as damaged or, you know, they have issues. When in all reality, I just think that people handle things differently, first of all. And I think that that kind of thought process really feeds into the stigma around mental health. And I don't think that that's a good thing. And I think that the way that the assumptions were made were painted in a light to make you step back as a reader and say, oh, like, okay, you see this done a lot. Maybe you do it yourself. Maybe you kind of sit back and observe it and agree with it or don't say anything. And you see how that has um, taken a toll on Bernadette, the main character. And it really does make you think, or at least it did for me. 
So this was a really just great read. It was another one I devoured like in one or two sittings. Uh, This was one I took to bed with me because I could not stop reading it. And I read it literally until my eyelids were weighted and I could not keep them open. So this was really good. I think I gave it four stars on Goodreads. I think. I don't think it was a five-star read for me. It was great. Four-star for me means it was fantastic, but I wouldn't put it in all-time favorites. Five-star for me is like all-time favorites. I'm going to end up talking about this book a lot more than my poor husband would like (laughs) or any of my friends. So that, again, was Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Semple. So the next book I'd like to talk about is... One that I read earlier this year, and like I said in the last episode, I really would like to tie in books I'd finished previous to this podcast just because I want to talk about them, if I'm being completely honest. And a lot of them I want to share, whether that be I want to be kind of snarky and talk about it on my podcast, or I really think I want to share it and hopefully more people will pick it up. Even better, people pick up the books I dislike, then I can talk about the book and get a new perspective. But uh, this one I absolutely adored. And I was hesitant to pick this one up. So I heard about this one on the Currently Reading podcast, which if you do not listen to Currently Reading, it is phenomenal. Katie and Meredith are just so incredible. And I was so happy to add this to my like daily podcast listens it is great but they had talked about this a while ago I don't know the exact episode but they raved about it and I was slightly hesitant to pick it up I was like "Mm, you know I like Wizard of Oz I slightly had a traumatic experience with Wizard of Oz because I have a little sister who is nine years younger than I am and That was, you know, like little kids get fixated on movies. I'm apologizing right now to all the parents watching Frozen 2 on repeat. I completely understand, not as a parent myself, but as an older sister who spent summers watching my younger sister. Oh my goodness. But anyways, Wizard of Oz was one that she got fixated on. And before that, I loved Wizard of Oz. It was like a comfort movie for me. And now... I haven't watched in many years, and while I'm still a fan of the movie, by all means, I, you know, it has that feeling. If you know what I'm talking about, please let me know so I don't feel like a crazy person, but I decided to pick this up, and I am so happy I did. This is historical fiction. It is, oh my goodness, it talks about the inspiration behind Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. But even more than that, it talks about the bombs and it just, it's phenomenal to read. And even more so, it's phenomenal to see how this was all developed and how Um, Judy Garland played into the story and played into the legacy of Dorothy and the movie and her um, mods, 
uh, well, Frank's vision. Um, it, it's just great. It has some elements of like hardship in it. They struggled, but her sister really struggles and it talks about life, uh, when you're on the wrong side of the tracks per se, it is just really, really great. And I would sincerely recommend that you pick this one up. Uh, I actually, I participated in the Galentine's Day exchange on Bookstagram and it was so good that I had to send it to my Galentine on Bookstagram because I just wanted to share it. I had recently finished it at that point and I like couldn't stop gushing about it. And so I was like, I'm going to send this to someone else so they can experience the pure joy that this book was for me. So again, that is Finding Dorothy by Elizabeth Letts, and it is a huge, huge recommend for me. The next segment that I'm going to dive into is my April TBR check-in. In episode two, I introduced my intention for the month of April and what I plan to read and I kind of went over every title and talked a little bit about it and obviously (laughs) first on that list was drumroll the Outlander series which I haven't made any progress on and it's currently April 9th (sighs) I'll get there I promise I promise But one of the books on the list was Where'd You Go, Bernadette? And I finished that. So that was kind of my only weekly progress. But a key book that I had forgotten was The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Because it was part of the April, or it was the April book for the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge. For the like teacher bookstagram uh, group. And so I had intended to read that one. I just completely forgot about it. And I didn't think I owned it. And I found it on my shelves. So that was on my list. So technically I'm counting it. But it's not a part of the official like episode two list. So I made a little bit of progress. And I will continue. I think the next book I'm going to pick up is. I don't know. I'm looking at the the stack right now. Ooh, probably either the Sundown Motel or the Two Lives of Lydia Bird. I did for this month's book of the month. If you do not like know about book of the month, oh my goodness, it is so so worth the money. Uh, I added two add-ons this month because the selections were phenomenal and so I'm really looking forward to those and next episode I'll talk about hopefully I've got them by then and I'll talk about my picks and if I've started any and what I think so that's kind of a new segment that I'm going to add in that I think will be really fun to do on a monthly basis and then obviously talk about the books once I finish them so yeah that is my April TBR check-in
So my English one class is still trucking along with To Kill a Mockingbird. I don't have much to say. I'm probably actually going to take a little bit of a hiatus from talking about it because I feel like I'm and I'm sure I'm not alone in this. My work life balance is really, really just struggling right now. And so all I can say is if you haven't read that book as an adult, I'd recommend coming back to it. And if you have like middle school, high school aged kids that can read it with you and and you can have those discussions, um, I'd recommend it. I know, like I said, the book faces a lot of controversy and I plan on coming to that on here, but I do think that their analysis and just how we've been tackling it so far has been very insightful to me, especially from the adult perspective uh, and the time and the space I've had away from my middle school experience with that book in my first read. So that's phenomenal and it's going very well. But what I kind of wanted to throw in the loop for right now, and you can totally like fast forward if this is not your speed, but I wanted to talk about some of the things that I've been doing in like social distancing, isolation, quarantine, whatever you'd like to call it, because I think it's important to share during this time, and I think we're all handling it like vastly, you know, um, different from one another, and I just think that maybe if we all like talk about what we're doing and share with each other and check in, then maybe it'll be a little bit easier. Not 100% easy. This is really difficult, especially if you're an extrovert. But I think that it is useful to talk about. Uh, The first, I want to talk about movies that comfort me. And I'll just do like two a week of everything. So that way, you know, you have plenty to kind of tide you over. But the first movie I would love to talk about in terms of comfort is You've Got Mail. If you're a reader, you probably know this story very well and you love it. It, I don't feel like I even need to go into it, but it has Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan and it's a love story, but it's also very bookish. And if you, like like myself, love like indie bookstores and... Uh, just like the idea of like New York City in the fall, in the winter. Typically, this is my comfort watch in the fall and the winter, but I feel like any kind of comfort is good right now. And so I definitely recommend You've Got Mail. It's really good. And if you were like either a kid or a teen or an adult during the wonderful AOL years, it'll bring back some nostalgia of You've Got Mail. <laughs> So, again, that's You've Got Mail. It's a classic. You've probably already seen it, but it's definitely something that I'd recommend for comfort during this time. Now, the second one is a Disney Plus viewing. And (laughs) I'm going to sound so nerdy, but this is um, Ratatouille. And it's animated and it's located in France, specifically Paris. And it's just so wonderful. I have been watching this movie since it came out. 
And it was one of the few movies that I owned before I married my husband. My husband's like a huge movie buff. I wasn't. And I think I moved in with him when we were dating with, I don't know, maybe 20 movies. And probably that's pushing it. And this was one of them. And it was one that I watched all the time. Because when I was in high school, we didn't have streaming And I had a little tiny TV in my room with a little DVD player. And so if I wanted to watch something to fall asleep or, you know, just to relax while I was doing something, then, you know, a DVD was my only option. And so Ratatouille became a huge staple for me. It's always been my comfort watch. It's something I love to fall asleep to. For probably three years of my life, it was the movie that I fell asleep to. Like, my night routine was pop on Ratatouille and go to sleep. But um, it's just, it's really good. I really like like food-centric, like chef-centric stories. And that's exactly what this is. I mean, it's, it's a little rat, but uh, he's adorable. His name is Remy. And I just love the story. The music in it's very, is very calming. And it's just, it's just a fantastic movie. If you like animated, or maybe even if you don't, I'd recommend trying it out. I think it'd be a good, um, just a good comfort watch during this time. Next, I'd like to talk about TV shows. And if you know me in real life, or even probably on Instagram or social media, you should know by now that I have an obsession with The Office. It is such a great show. And it is, uh, so I started watching it. I'm like super late to the franchise. I started watching it in November of 2018. And it came to me at a really dark time in my life where I was really, really struggling with a lot of things. It was my first year teaching. I had a grade that I was not ready for by any means. And I love those students. I still talk to a lot of them. I love them full heartedly. But it was a a big struggle for me. And I needed something to comfort me. And as silly as it sounds, it was The Office. And so The Office has quickly become something I watch every single day of my life. Even if it's just a quick, like I think the episodes on Netflix are like 24 minutes long. Even if it's just 24 minutes, just once a day, I watch The Office. And for me, Michael Scott and I are the same human being. Uh, I'm perhaps not as offensive, but I just get him <laughs> so much. And of course, Pim and, J- uh, Pim and Jam. <laughs> Pam and Jam are just wonderful to watch. And it's just my favorite. If you're looking for just a laugh. My favorite episodes are The Injury, uh, Cafe Disco, Fun Run, Oof, Gossip is really good, which is the first episode in season six. Um, So is Nepotism, which is season seven premiere. It's just phenomenal. And if you have not jumped on that train, please do. You will not regret it. The next show is another comfort watch for me, and it was The Office for me before I started The Office. I started this one in college, and it was just something I watched 
all the time when I was doing my homework, uh, just any time. And it, it is the Gilmore Girls. And it is so good. And I was one of the people that I did not look forward to Thanksgiving <laughs> the year it came out, the revival. Uh, I just like stayed up and I made an obnoxious amount of pies. And I just like ate pie and watched Gilmore Girls. Like I just binged the whole thing straight through. And it was great. I mean, it's not as great as the original, but there are so many things that I love about the revival. And the original series is just so great. And there is just no way that you can be in Stars Hollow and not feel comforted. And like, there is no way that you can be with those characters and not feel comforted. So it is something I certainly recommend. And I I say, especially for, for Gilmore Girls, is you watch the, the entirety of the series and then watch the revival. It's so good. I love it. Ugh, Gilmore Girls is phenomenal. And uh, I think for music, I made this huge coffee shop playlist on Spotify, and that's been really awesome. I listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. I'm a huge Swifty, and I just, her music has been such a staple in my life for 12 years. Excuse that email. Um, <laughs> her staple has been, or her music has been, no, okay, stop here. Now, I certainly do not feel like I'm a music expert or any kind of expert, really. But what has been helping me through this time is just uh, when I'm working, especially is just having something going in my ears, whether that be a podcast or music. But I made this huge coffee shop playlist on Spotify. And I mean, it's massive. And I'm going to add that to my Instagram. So if you'd like that. If you like singer, songwriter, acoustic indie, it's going to be on Spotify or yeah, on Spotify and on my Instagram at Swift Bookworm. If you'd like to give that a listen, I'm super proud of it. I've worked hard, hard on it and I'm going to continue to add to it as I find new music and as new music releases, I'll continue to add to that playlist to give you maybe something relaxing to listen to while you work. Also, There are like a ton of great YouTube channels and Spotify playlists that have like lo-fi beats or like jazz or coffee house, like acoustic guitar. And those are great to work to if you can't do like, if you can only do instrumental, which is me sometimes. Sometimes I get really unfocused and I just need the um, instrumental. I can't have like actual music. So, uh, or like words. Uh, also something that's been a huge comfort for for me, and this is going to be different for everybody, but Taylor Swift is a huge comfort for me right now. I've listened to her music since 2006, so she's always kind of been a constant for me. And so even now, like listening to her older music has been a huge, huge comfort spot. And that artist might differ for you, but I definitely recommend going back to albums that you love or you may maybe have forgotten about but were really important to you and those might be a good place to kind of start in building your own comfort playlist or just having that option there for you and I definitely recommend podcasts 
Uh, I talked about currently reading today. I love them. I absolutely love what should I read next. For Office fans, The Office Ladies is Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher, who plays Pam Beasley and then Angela on the show. And those are just phenomenal. Um, Those are like my three main go-tos. I listen to other podcasts like um, Crime Junkies and uh, the new one that Ashley Flowers has out. I can't remember the name right now, but I listen to a bunch of other podcasts, but those are like my core Every single week I have to listen to them podcasts, but I'm always looking for like more book podcasts. I'm always kind of listening um, to different podcasts. And just as a shout out, library.laura on Instagram started her own podcast. It is great. She's so knowledgeable and she does like these quick, so far she's done these like very quick bite-sized episodes. So for those of us who no longer have a commute or somewhere to easily kind of, you know, um, break apart that time to listen to podcasts. I feel like her podcast would be a really great option to get kind of a quick book fix in and podcast fix in without having, you know, a very long episode like mine. And yeah, that's bookish podcasts. Uh, I just think that it's great to share, like I said, just what we're all trying to figure out and, uh, definitely have been leaning into, uh, like I said, Animal Crossing has been really fun and a really great escape reading. Uh, I'm a huge essential oils fan, huge, and I've um, kind of dove and leaned, you know, back into that uh, during this time, and it's helped me so, so much. And on my Instagram, again, Swift Bookworm, I share kind of what I'm diffusing and what I'm using. And so if you'd like to see that content as well, please go over there. I might, might start a podcast for, or um, an Instagram for the podcast, but right now I'm going to kind of run it all out of um, the Swift Bookworm account. So I think that's it for my favorites. And if you want, please share yours with me. I would love to know what's comforting you during this time. And yeah, those are my comfort recommendations. All right. So finally, we've reached the the last segment of this podcast, and that is my must-read pick for this week. And I had to think about this one for a little bit, but the second it like entered my brain, I was like, oh my goodness, I have to talk about this book because it's one that I definitely want to reread. I haven't yet. I've only read it once, but it's one I want to come back to and do you guys ever have those like shows or books or movies where you could just watch it again or read it again for the first time? Because that's me with this book. I just want to come back to it like I did the first time and not know anything that's going to happen and just let the book take me away like I did the first time. But I am going to reread it, I think. I think it might be one I'm going to circle back to. And that is Sourdough by Robin Sloan. If you have not read this and you love like a good food centric story, I love 
like food centric movies or um, books. I just think that when an author can just make me crave a food or put it in like a kitchen setting, I will love it all the much more. And this was that. So this was a story about um, someone working in like the techie, uh, you know, like computer world. And they kind of don't have a lot of substance to their life. And what ignites them is this like I think it's an Indian restaurant and they get this like it's like a soup and it comes with a sourdough bread and they just get swept into this world of baking and specifically sourdough bread and it has like magical realism in it It, it's just so good and you will crave sourdough you will want to eat nothing other than sourdough and specifically like sourdough with like a really good soup and for me my favorite soup is broccoli cheddar and like that's talking about right now thinking about that book that's what I want to eat right now it is just so good it has fantastic food descriptions it has the magical realism you just like live in the story and I just think that it is one of those books especially in our current world that would be so great to just live in and escape to and so I think you must read this title again that is Sourdough by Robin Sloan well guys that just about wraps it up for episode three of let's get literature again thank you so much for tuning in please like subscribe, rate, share. It would mean the world to me. If you'd like to keep up with me and this podcast, uh, please follow at Swift Bookworm on Instagram and just please be safe and keep reading. And thanks for listening. This is Samantha Mickey and this was Let's Get Literature.